Look, our brains are great at lots of things, but remembering passwords is not one of them, especially not secure passwords. Let's free our brains from being password managers and get something way better. 1Password. One 1Password one keeps everything private and in sync across multiple devices. 1Password can't see the passwords or sensitive information you store in 1Password, so they can't use it, share it, or sell it, and neither can anyone else. I've been using 1Password for about 10 years now, and it's made my life so much easier, especially using it with Touch ID and Face ID. It's the first thing I install on any new phone, computer, or tablet I'm using for myself or my family. And all you have to remember is one strong account password that protects everything else your logins, your credit cards, secure notes, or the office Wi-Fi password. And I love that something I use to save me so many hours, I can't even count them all, is something you can try too. Right now, my listeners get a free two-week trial at onepassword.com slash beyond for your growing business. That's two free weeks at onepassword.com slash beyond. Don't let security slow your business down. Go to onepassword.com slash beyond. and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher. This is the show where I talk to the people behind the productivity. This week, I am thrilled to share with you an exciting conversation that I got to have with my friend, Mike Vardy. And those of you who listen to his show know that he is a productivity expert, however you want to air quote that or not, in his own right. In fact, he and I talked, I don't know, for almost an hour prior to hitting record on this conversation, and we've already semi-booked the next time he will be on the show because he's got some projects he's working on that I'm really excited about sharing with you guys when they release later this year. But in the meantime, we've got a great episode here about frameworks, and this is one of those things where, yes, if you've heard Mike talk about setting up frameworks and time and all that kind of stuff, it's great. The key to this episode is really the fact that Mike got sick and was sick for quite a while, and he was able to use that as kind of a test case scenario, and I knew as soon as he was sick and kind of had posted about it online that I wanted to have him come talk about this frustrating fluctuation of your expectations, especially when it comes to yourself. Because we all have lots to do. We all have more than enough things that we always have to get done and want to get done. But then the shifting has to happen. And we have to, you know, to borrow a phrase from Rory Vaden, procrastinate on purpose in order to kick it into maintenance mode or even excel once we are then not sick anymore. This goes way beyond just being sick, though. There's a lot more to this. It has to do with shifting priorities, shifting goals, and honestly, just dealing with life when we have too many projects we've said yes to on our plate. So if any of that is exciting to you and you know that you need help with that, this is the conversation for you. And I'm just going to get out of the way and say welcome to this episode with Mike Vardy. This week, it's always my privilege. It's all, it, not even just this week, but every time that I get to talk to Mike Vardy, it's it's an amazing experience. We've we've had a whole conversation prior to me hitting record, and <laughs> we just saw each other too. Like, what was it? it it's right now as we're recording this, it's mid April, and yep. we just saw each other at the beginning of March. So about six weeks maybe yeah but um, but it's important to note that the midweek april like the week of you know april 15th uh going forward that is the week we should talk because you just said this week so it's yes. got to be whatever week i think yes. this is what week week 17 in the year <laughs> i think we have to talk from now only on. you no would know it's week 17 in the year <laughs> sir. I th- no i think it's i think it's i think it's actually past that you know I, i'm close though i think but anyway well, you, you've had a lot of time to sit and think recently and i've been kind of following along because you you didn't get dude, deathly by, ill by, but by you got way, sick by the way by the way dude it's week 16 I can't believe okay. I did well, that so but, close but to the, the vet. the fact <laughs> that you knew off the top of your head, like, the within within a two-week margin, I was willing to give you and be like, no, you're right. You're good. So, <laughs> so since we saw each other, though, it's been like six, seven weeks now. And how many weeks of those weeks have you been sick? So uh, it's a good thing that I journal because I can not only tell you when, but I, I mean, I, I can go into detail. I won't. I guess it got it got <laughs> brutal. But uh, March 11th, I kind of started to feel it. March 13th, I was full blown sick. And only this week. So we're talking April 17th. 
this week is the first week I actually feel like like I've written like instead of just writing ramblings and ideas and kind of doing a lot of thinking, I actually did some physical writing like I did all the fundamental stuff I need to do, including a couple of podcast interviews, which basically wiped me out for an entire Wednesday. But mm. I did a workshop in Santa Barbara. So I had a, it's almost like my body said, OK, I'll give you this. Like I went away for, I think, three days but it set me back another little bit. So right. I would say that all in all, it's been, yeah, it's been pretty much because when did, when did we leave uh, Sandy? So it, it, it basically so it was like the third or fourth or something like that. Yeah. So basically March. a week. Yeah. So basically a week after. So as soon as I finished decompressing from the two events that I did back to back. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, uh, I was sick and it didn't, you know, like I said, we're now, you know, basically five weeks after that kind of, Okay, now I feel normal, or at least you know there's still some. I mean, there's still some, you know, a little bit of coughing here and there, um, and it's not like it's not going around. But man, it 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 knocked me for a loop. And you saw, if you know, on my blog, there's a lot of like how to be productive when you're sick. Like there's a <laughs> lot of those ones because you know, so a lot of low energy tasks, a lot of shallow work stuff got done over those weeks. So well, yeah, like, and it so, is what it is. And you had written about all that before. So how mm-hmm. much, how did it work out when the rubber met the road? Like you've pre-planned, you've been like, no, here's what, you know, as a productivity expert here and, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. here's, here's how to do the thing I tell you to do when this happens. How did that live out in real life? So it, it, you know, I think the one thing that I probably didn't stress enough, and I'm going to stress that more in, you know, in, in, in future writing is when it happens over a prolonged period of time, right? So, you know, I mean, I talk about, Hey, if you're not feeling well, um, you should, ta- you should attach like this modality of energy to your tasks. So low energy tasks. So you, you, you know, if you go to work and you're not feeling a hundred percent or even close to that, you could say, you know, I'm going to do mostly low energy tasks today and you can quickly identify them because making decisions when you're sick, let alone uh, or healthy, let alone when you're sick is already can be taxing enough. But I think the one thing when you're sick over a prolonged period of time is that you don't have that ability to just do low energy the entire time. Like you do have to step up because you know, Mm -hmm. the world does not stop. So again, Having those like those three absolutes that I talk about, which are, you know, a lot like the three big rocks or the MITs or whatever. I mean, those things were really helpful. Theming my days, again, still super helpful because I knew what I needed to do on those days. So if I didn't like so, for example, I didn't do any other podcasting stuff on Wednesdays, which is my audio day, other than the interviews that I needed to do. And I did, you know, any anything to keep us at least a week ahead, if not two. Normally, I like to be a month ahead. But, uh, you know, I, I had that buffer built in. So I think that the biggest thing for me was get the, get the important before it becomes urgent out of the way, which is what I worked on. And when I say important, I don't mean like the heavy, heavy stuff that isn't going to be due until, you know, May or June or July. I mean like the stuff that if I, you know, it's going to be due in a couple of weeks. So let's focus on that. Um, and then, you know, anything that becomes urgent, take care of. Uh, but then the rest of the time it was just all, you know, as many tasks that I could do that were low energy. And there's a lot more tasks that I consider low energy, um, that, you know, you maybe you wouldn't think normally would be low energy, like things like checking email. That's a low energy task. Like it's not a huge taxing thing for me to go through email. Um, you know, things like that. So it, it definitely helped. Journaling was a huge. I mean, that's one thing you could easily, even when you're sick, like a lot of my journal entries are like, here's what, like there are pictures of me in day one that do not look flattering at all, <laughs> you know, but, but, you know, but, but there's things like, you know, a lot of the, the, you know, when you're, again, when you don't, when you're, when you're sick and especially when you're an entrepreneur, I think, um, and you're writing your deep, you're like neck deep in, in your passion or, or deeper, um, you know, you're like, okay, well, let me think about these things. And because I just come back from some conferences, I had further time to decompress. So I started thinking about some of the lessons I learned from social media marketing world and some of the other events I'd been to. And, and, you know, um, when I went to that workshop that I taught in Santa Barbara, I said, you know, like you got, like they knew I was not feeling well. I, I mean, I, I upped my game and would finish the day and then would just go back to the hotel room. Uh, that we had there and I would just, you know, be done for the day, which kind of sucked because, I mean, Canada is, is snowy normally in, in, in March, snowy right now in some parts of Canada. Um, we don't get snow where I live, but it's rainy and gray. It's kind of like Seattle in yeah, a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, to go to Santa Barbara for three days and have to spend most of it, you know, indoors was 
not fun for me. <laughs> it was just like, but you know, you, 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 like anything you, I think when you're, when you're not feeling well and you know, you're not a hundred percent, you, you, the, the, the idea is to get by. And if you have that, like the framework that I, that I, and the, and the philosophy, the methodology that I teach lets you have that framework in place. So you could either just get by and then ultimately get back to where you're ahead. Right. Yeah. Well, and ideally before getting sick, you would be ahead. You would be maintaining a yeah, yeah. kind well, of a buffer. Like you were saying, right. you like to, you like to, you don't want to, you didn't want to just stay one week ahead. You wanted to stay like a month ahead, ideally. Right. I think one of the other things that I, I learned when I was thinking about, we talked a little bit about this before we started recording was, um, I still have a propensity to do too much. I, I tend to, over, and I think that, um, any framework you, you, you want to test to see how far it will bend and maybe where its breaking point is. Mm-hmm. And the breaking point is normally not the framework. If it's solid, it's normally the person implementing the framework. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like for, yeah. So for me, it was like, I, I looked at all of, because I wasn't doing quote, a lot of stuff. I was more, uh, I said, sitting with a lot of it. I looked and said, wow, like I have a lot of things that I'm trying to do. And what are the things I really could kind of like, for example, I theme my months, right? So March was my relationship month, which was great for the first part of the month. But then the second part I wanted to do like more socialization. So instead I, you know, just spent more time on ironically on Facebook, which is probably the worst month I could have done it considering what's been going on with Facebook sure. recently. But uh, I mean, again, like anything discretion, we, whenever, whenever you put anything online, discretionary stuff, believe me, I've, I've had some teachable moments to my daughter from back when I was doing comedy. She's seen some images of me on Google and yeah, you could Google Mike Vardy and find some interesting images of me when I was doing productivity I'm doing, parody. I'm doing that, that I'm, right now, but should, should no. totally, that should be the podcast image that goes with. Uh, <laughs> but uh, um, but I think the other thing is is that uh, you know I, I looked at it and I said because I had the theme month for April was video, I, I set that up and I was like, this is a good month for me to do it because I learned one of the big takeaways from social media marketing world was to focus more on video, and I haven't done a great job of that. But when March was going on and I'm feeling not too well, I said, well, I'm not going to make video my focus in April now because I haven't been able to set the table. So all I did was I looked at my monthly theme for May, which was the podcast and said, well, my podcast, I've already got recordings as of right now done till July. Like I don't need to give an emphasis like a, like an overarching focus to the podcast in May. So all I did was I, I made May is now the month where I'm going to focus on video, which is actually probably better because I can do more outdoor stuff in Victoria and right. May as opposed to April. But then I made April. It, what was April going to be? Was April going to be the podcast? No, I didn't need. So I made it my month. I call it tightening. So that was my overarching theme for April, which is kind of like. If you're if you're looking if you if you're a you know a student of David Allen's getting things done you might call it closing loops, for me it's more about like or streamlining you might want to call it streamlining mm-hmm. but for me it was more about uh, I simplifying think even something, yeah you know, yeah different. which I already had I had a month for that but I think for me the reason I used the term tightening was because I wanted to make sure that I that I uh, clamped I knew I wanted to close off what I left open either by finishing it or at worst just backing out which i don't like to do and i actually haven't had to back out of anything which is good i've just had i've had to modify what my commitment was but then secondly think about and we talked about this before too like should how many conferences am i going to go to what's my boundaries around that so it's more but i think i think simplifying is part of that tightening um but i think before i could uh i think the the idea of tightening it was just to be, it, I probably could have called the month awareness too. Like that could have been my focus as well. Well, con- contemplation. I mean, you, you yeah, were, yeah, yeah, by, yeah. by sickness, you were forced to have a, a contemplative sitting down, slowing down mode. And so suddenly you're like, wait a second. Not only can I not do as much as I wanted to or thought I needed to, compulsory or not, but yep. um, I need to assess not only how I can get back up to speed, but what speed do I want to be at? Right. And, and and because I start my year in September anyways, it's almost like March is a good – like March, April. It's kind of like we're, I'm going into the final quarter of my year, the final third of my year. Sure. So it's it's a good time for me to assess and go, OK, what – what if I kind of let get away from me a bit, you know, and, and because every every August is my planning month, right? Because September is the when I start my year and and, you know, I may even move that to July. I've got the thing about theming and, and, and modal is you want to have you want to have options because uh, 
but you want to have a limited amount of options. Like if you have too many options, it's, and I talk about this a lot when I, you know, again, having worked at Costco for years, you know, one of the things that I learned from Costco is that, you know, you're not going to buy everything at Costco. You're not going to go into Costco and say, I want to get this very specific ketchup for my very, like my gourmet ketchup, unless you're going to buy like three bottles of it or a case of it, right? Like you're probably only going to get Heinz ketchup and you could either buy the big tin, the barbecue three pack, or the packets that you get at a, at a fast food restaurant or, you know, at a, at a baseball stadium, you know, like a, like a, you know, a, a softball game where they have like the little packets, like that's it. So you, th- those are your choices. And I think you, you want to have some element of choice, but you don't want to have so many that you walk out of there saying, well, I, I didn't pick anything because there was just so many things to do. I was actually, it's funny. I was watching, um, my wife and I are thinking about getting a new mattress, right? <laughs> Excuse me. And, um, uh, I want to get one of the ones online, you know? Uh, by the way, you don't have an, a sponsor that's a mattress company for this episode, do you? Anyway, it doesn't matter. I have um, in the past. I could recommend some, but anyways. <laughs> so, so I'm I'm okay with I'm okay with testing out you know like those online mattresses. You, apparently, you can go to some of the stores now and and yeah. test them. And now everyone's making them. But um, you know, there was an episode of the show Life in Pieces that my wife and I watch, um, and there are so many uh, similarities to that. It's why I've stopped watching Alex Inc. You know, that podcasting show that, that just came out about yeah. Alex. Yep. Yeah. I can't watch it. It's too close to home. It's just like, I, I don't watch TV to, if I'm going to watch a documentary, I'm going to watch a documentary. <laughs> watch it. Still searching for a great candidate for your company. Don't search, just match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. So you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people. Or, at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com dot com slash to do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash to do list terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed what's something that works so well it basically feels like magic for me i'm thinking air conditioning noise canceling headphones definitely meeting free fridays what about selling with shopify Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your own shop stage to the first real store stage, you don't have to just sell your own stuff anymore. With Shopify Collective, you can curate products to sell from brands you love and give your customers more variety and your business more sales. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Shopify also helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout 36 percent better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to shopify magic your ai powered all-star sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash beyond again go to shopify.com slash beyond now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash beyond See, I've watched, I've watched two episodes so far. There's a third one yeah. waiting, and I'm kind of like, I don't know if I'm sold on the premise working as a TV show at this well, point either, well, and the thing critically, is, but that's a whole other podcast conversation. We, we get Right, but the, the, you know, my wife has said to me, she goes, there's no way the wife would react the way she is, See, because when you kinda, did this, yeah. 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 Anyway, um, so so the they're they're the show life and pieces the the matriarch and patriarch are 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 going to mattress shopping, and it takes for like they finally settle on a mattress, and and this is like a little vignette. So that show has like four vignettes in an episode, and by the time he gets to choosing the mattress, he says they're going to choose the one that they the first one they tried, and they said it's got a thirty year warranty, so therefore this will be the last bed you ever mattress you ever buy. And the guy goes, "This is my deathbed." Then they say, "Oh, this is a whole other conversation now. I need to go back." <laughs> And that's kind of how what happens when we look at our our task list or we look at our calendar or whatever. We see all the options is your brain. There's that element of your brain that just it it wants to do it all. And it doesn't want to have any kind of regret or any kind of 
uh, second guessing. Um, so it just keeps guessing. It never leaves the first guessing phase. <laughs> it, does, it, it doesn't want to have to second guess. Right. So when you've got like some kind of waypoint that you've put in advance, whether it's like, hey, you know, uh, this is my month. Okay, what am I going to work on today? Oh, it's audio day. Okay, great. Well, I've got all my podcasts done for the next few weeks. So now what do I do? Well, what's the monthly theme? Oh, it's it's tightening. Okay, well, let me look at all the things I could tighten and are some of them audio tasks. But when I was sick, it was like, well, no, I I, I, can't, I have no voice. And, and I've done my audio work that needs to be done. So instead of me focusing on the audio elements, like the daily theme, I let the monthly theme kind of take hold and say, okay, well, what are all the tightening things that I can do? Oh, look, there's 83 of them. Okay, well, I feel like crap. So what are the low energy ones? Oh, there's only 14. Okay, let me look at that. And then I felt like I was being, quote, productive. I felt like I was actually doing the things I should be doing. And it wasn't because I thought of those things in the spur of the moment. I had set it up in advance so that it made it easier for me to look at that like versus having to filter through and look at all these different things and that just being exhausted by the notion of just doing doing that. And, and you know, my Fridays are my deep work day. I was doing deep. The deep work I was doing was reading like that's all I could do or listening. I, I re-upped on my Audible membership and I'm actually listening to uh, Donald Miller's book. Uh, what's the one? The mile thousand a hundred. Um, shoot. You know, which oh, one I'm talking. I butcher it every time. It's a thousand, a hundred years and a thousand miles or a thousand miles I think so. in a hundred yeah, years. Gonna, it's, it's one of those combinations of thousand and hundred and miles and years. So, yeah. So I, I mean, uh, Michael <laughs> and, I think it's, and it's my favorite book of his a million miles in a thousand years, there a million go. miles in a thousand years. Yeah. Um, so, so I, I, I got back into audible because I could absorb it without actually having to, you know, read quote with my eyes. So, um, you know, I think that, that, when you have these themes to rely on as kind of like more of these projects and goals, and then you have the modalities that kind of say, okay, well, where am I right now? You know, like, like, or, or who am I with? What can I talk to? You know, like when Anne and I sit down, I could say, Hey, here, I mean, I started to add my, my kids as modalities because people, I mean, they're a resource based mode, right? So I could say, Hey, Colton, let's look at the things that we can do together. Like when you can start to put those things in place initially, yes, it seems very robotic and maybe not very human, but, the odd thing is, is when you do that, kind of like when you put any automation in place, you can humanize the parts that you really need to humanize and that let the automation kind of, um, you know, take hold. And if it's if it's a human based automation, like something that you put in place that's not reliant on, say, a, 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 an outside API, like that's not going to break. The only way it breaks is if you break. And and. That's the thing is, is, um, you know, I've always said focus on the app within, right? Well, I think in, you know, frameworks foster freedom, I think you combine those and you put something like that together when you are sick or when you're not feeling well, you put yourself in a, in a much, much better position to be able to say, okay, now I can focus on the things that I can only do in this state. But the most important thing for me to focus on is to get better so I can get back in the game. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say there's that there's that part of this as well where it's you don't want to just get by. You almost want to say, well, what can I literally, you know, to borrow the phrase from uh, Rory Vaden, what can I procrastinate on purpose and and get away with it right now in order to the most highest priority that the priority right now is getting yep. better. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that that. That the thing is, when I say getting by, I like to use terms when I talk because most people don't think about it in that term. Like when people hear the term, like Rory stuff's great, procrastinate. But people, when they still hear that, they're like, "Well, isn't procrastination bad?" Which is not true at all. Not all procrastination is bad. Well, the, so Some think, is very but good. The, think about it this way: the suffix on the very because yes. I'm a language nerd. The suffix on mm -hmm. the very beginning is pro, which yep. means positive. It means producing. Yep. So yep. Yep, exactly. So just don't crastinate, I think, is the important thing. <laughs> yes. But no, I think I think that the big thing here, too, is is that I think and this is this is, again, when you're so close to the material, you have to like when I'm talking to people about theming their days, for example, like and they the, the first thing to say was theming my days. I can't do that. I don't have I work a nine to five job. I don't have freedom. My kids mm -hmm. da, da, da. I try to use it like a classic pattern break to kind of get them out of that state of mind because they, they have confirmation bias is showing up all the time with this kind of stuff because they're like, well, I can't do that because there's no way. And then I'll throw things that are like, well, okay, well, when do you do your laundry? Oh, well, I normally do it on like, let's say Saturday. Um, I'll either get Saturday or Sunday. It just depends on, you know, normally depends on like what their, you know, religious 
beliefs are uh, or, you know, even their schedule. Okay, so Saturday you do laundry. What else do you Saturday? Well, do you do a lot of household work on Saturday? Yeah, yeah, I do, you know, vacuuming and we mow the lawn and stuff like that. Like, do you go grocery shopping? Yeah, yeah. So like errands, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the house. Yeah. So because you're buying groceries for the house. Yeah, yeah. And I go through this conversation. Eventually get to the point where I'm like, so what you're saying is like Saturday is kind of like a day where you do a lot of household stuff. Yeah, yeah, I would say that. So it's like your household day. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, yeah, you're already doing some of this. You just haven't had anybody or yourself kind of say, oh, Saturday is my household day. Because once you do that, like you said about what Rory talked about, procrastinating on purpose, now you have purpose. You're like, okay, this is being done on purpose. I am going to, which is why, you know, if I'm not going to do audio work, like today as we're recording this, it's audio day. I probably still won't record too much audio today because I can still feel, I cough during our, I rarely cough during any recording. Like, okay, so I'm still needing to kind of take it easy. So I will do what I need to do. You know, I, I won't be able to do necessarily everything I want to do because there's lots of things I want to do that are audio related. And then I'll move, I'll move into, you know, low energy tasks or I'll move into some of these other areas too. But I think the thing is, is that when you have these in place, you could say, okay, Mike, when is the next time you're going to do audio? I can look and say, look, if I do just these audio things today, I don't need to do any other audio till the next theme day, which is next Wednesday. Whereas what most people do, if they don't get everything that they want or need to get done on a Wednesday, they'll go, well, I guess tomorrow or Friday. They just start arbitrarily putting it in places. And then, and then, and then the next tomorrow never comes because there's no such thing as the next tomorrow. It's either tomorrow or tomorrow or tomorrow. So I think when you start to put in place, and again, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that you have to put in themes for every single day or you have to theme every month or that. You can only like I I just recently and I wrote a blog post about this, about how when I did when I was at Social Media Market World and I said video is going to be important, audio and video used to be on the same day. Well, I I immediately recognized that there was no possible way that I'd be able to do good audio and good video on the same day. So I looked at my daily themes and said, which of these themes should I look at? maybe eliminating so I could do video or does video need to be something I do every single day? Like, how do I want to approach this? And I did this, of course, on my planning day, which is Sunday. And I decided that one of the things that was suffering was Tuesdays because Tuesdays was my administrative day. So I was basically doing the bulk of my admin work on Tuesday. But I also recognized that most of the admin work is like low hanging fruit, shallow work. Mm -hmm. So Tuesday became a day of like putzing around. Like I wasn't really getting any major important stuff done. It was just a lot of like, sitting in front of the computer, doing things that I wasn't doing much writing because I was spending so much time in admin. And I said, you know what? I need to do administrative work every day. Well, what other types of work do I need to do every day? Well, I should be writing every day. I'm a writer. Okay. Well, what about, what other things do I need to do? Well, I need to be, you know, working on, I need to be thinking, I need to be journaling, I need to be meditating. And so then I decided, and I talk about this as well, these called these horizontal themes, which is instead of doing it daily, I do it, you know, from a certain time block across as many days of the week as possible. And I have the freedom to do it all seven days. So what I did was I took my administrative tasks, put them in a bucket called maintaining. So I have these three new horizontal themes called maintaining mode, which happens from nine to 10 AM Saturday or Sunday through Saturday. I do uh, making mode, which is from two to 4 PM from Sunday to Saturday. And the reason I chose two to 4 PM for that is because I'm a night owl and I'm much better at making things in the afternoon as opposed to first thing in the morning. And then in the evening from 10 to midnight, I have what's called musing mode, which is when I think, I journal, I do all meditate, and that happens from 10 p.m. to midnight. And then what happened with Tuesday is now Tuesday, the administrative tasks are falling into maintaining mode seven days a week. So when do I do video? Tuesday is now my video day. So Monday, when I finish Monday, oddly enough, optimization day, I want to optimize my next day. So I set up my lighting and I get all. So when I show up Tuesday morning, Everything's set up, ready to go, and I can record video in whatever ways, whatever my plan is. If I'm going to record a uh, how to use one of my planning sheets, then I might set up lighting one way. If I'm going to do uh, a, a, a talking heads, I could do it that way. That it sounds like uh, you know, as I talk about this, like wow, Mike, that might, that took a lot of time. It it did and it didn't. It took time over the you know the time frame of using time crafting and understanding what it was to be able to say, okay, well here's here's the framework and how can I manipulate it. But it didn't take much time once I started, once I just made the switch. Like now I wake up Tuesday morning and I say, I don't say, what am I going to do today? I say, what video am I going to do today? And from 9 to 10 a.m., I don't make video. I do maintaining. 
and we've moved out of kind of the whole being sick thing. We're we're, we're kind of t- more into a day to day, week to more weekly, weekly kind of a right, right. But but I do think grid. that yeah. But I do think that that again, if I'm sick on a Tuesday and I can't do video, you, the goal is if you give an entire day, your like if your overarching focus for a day is video, then I can probably crank out you know more video in a day. Then I mean, and John Lee Dumas talks about this too, right? Like well, he, I mean, he, it's you know, you back it, deep right? Work. You, it's yeah, you're you're getting into the the depths of you know, like I mean, on Friday is my deep work day. People go, well, what do you define as deep work? I'm like writing, make any creation, reading, researching. So if if I it, let's say I don't make enough videos on Tuesday, my next my default would be the following Tuesday. But if I say, you know what, next Tuesday already looks pretty full. What's Friday look like? Oh, the kids aren't out of school on Friday because this Friday they are actually. So that's why I use like deep work and optimization on Mondays and Fridays because there is a chance the kids will be out of school and I'm not going to say, hey, kids, keep it down. Right. But Tuesdays, they're never out of school. Tuesdays is the only time they're out of school is when summer arrives or during a, a holiday. But so Friday would be the other alternate day. So instead of me saying, well, when am I going to get that video done and going, oh, maybe Wednesday, maybe Thursday. No, it's either Tuesday or, oh, it can't wait that long. Okay, Friday. Right. So you're right. It is deep work, which is why when people say, well, why do you have a deep work day? It's almost like Fridays for me is like deep work triage. You know what I mean? Like it's almost like what yeah, deep work yeah. did I get done? Let me let, I mean, I don't do meetings on that day. And this is another thing that happened when I was sick is I had to be OK with giving up some of my Fridays for things like coaching calls and meetings and stuff like that, because for a month I didn't have as many. So I actually canceled stuff like that. And I said, hey. Why do we meet on this Friday? And I, and I was very, cause, and I call those abstractions. Like if you have a meeting that shows up on any day of the week that wouldn't normally be there, or that even, you know, that, that steers you away from your daily theme or even your, your horizontal theme or whatever, when you come out of that meeting, you don't go, well, now what do I do? You go, okay, what day is it? Oh, it's Friday. Friday's deep work day. Okay. Let's get back to deep work. So it, it's just, you, you can connect the dots much faster. Yeah. And I think that when you're sick, you need that when, when you're healthy, you need that. But I mean, when you're sick, Having that flexibility of that Friday of being no meeting day and then being able to break that rule specifically because you knew that you were putting people – you don't want to have people – like if you're if you're working with clients and you wouldn't normally meet with them on a Friday and you're sick for two weeks, you, you want to be able to say, hey, look, normally I don't meet on Fridays, but I've been sick for the past couple of weeks. So let's do – be very clear. Let's do this Friday. And I was. I was very clear. Let's do this Friday. And they're like, oh, great. Thanks. They feel like, wow, okay, this person is really on the ball, Right. And and so I think that there's that to consider too, um, because you want to have that flexibility. You want to have like you want it to be simple, not necessarily easy. I'm not saying it's easy, but simple in that the the answers are simple, and then what the execution is where it's going to be the effort's going to take place, which is why I think willpower does really exist. And you and I have kind of talked about that a little bit as well, which is why Green Lantern is like everywhere in my office. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, so so there, there's there's that element right of of okay. Um, you know, how, how do I, and then the other thing is, is, is there's that flexibility of like, okay, I'm going to lose an optimization day because the kids are out of school. But if, if they aren't an optimization is what I'm going to do for my business, but for my life, Hey, let me look at my meal plans. Let me see if I'm eating properly. So you've got that ability to apply it to both personal and professional stuff. And then you've got the durability of knowing that because you've got enough things in that bucket that you're not like, I'm not, I'm not going to run out of deep work to do. I'm not going to run out of audio. I mean, if I run out of audio work to do, then I look at the next thing, which would be what's my monthly theme. Oh, it's, it's tightening. Okay. Well, what tightening can I do? So it, it you, it, it's got that simplicity, flexibility, durability factor that you want, which allows you to kind of say, Hey, I'm making the most of every single day and I'm making every moment of my day matter more because I have a much the, the, the obstacles aren't in the, I'm, I'm out of my own way. I'm getting the person mm-hmm. in the moment, that person that just wants to sit down and, you know, check email and get the quick dopamine hit or jump on. Like that person is getting out of the way because, you know, Mike or Eric from, you know, three months, two weeks, a year ago said, no, this is not how we operate because we don't want to just survive. We want to thrive. So yeah, I know you want to go and like, uh, I want to go see the Avengers movie on April 27th when it comes out or whatever it is. Um, it's on a deep work day. I, therefore I need to make sure that I have these, all these other things in play. 
And and one of the things we said was like the kids are like, can we go see it on a Saturday, which is the family day? And unfortunately, my wife and I are going to be away. Steve Dotto is getting married. I'm going to Steve Dotto's wedding. So um, for those of you who don't know who Steve Dotto is, maybe put a He's link to Steve's He's been on the site. show. Yeah, there you go. Remember, um, we used to do the three of us, the, the blab the talk. Blab. Yeah, of course, the, everyone, everyone here should know who Steve Dotto is. But anyway, um, so, I set, so I had to make a, a, a change. We couldn't see it Saturday or Sunday, which is when we're going to be away. So I said, well, let's go see it Friday, which is my deep work day. So basically, when we go see it and we're going to see it in the afternoon – I need to make sure I have all my deep work done by that day. Or maybe I do deep work every other day leading up to that. I skip that day of deep work and I'm focused more on the tightening yes. element. So you know what I mean? Like I can already I can already telegraph what I'm probably going to be doing, uh, what I'm likely to be doing. And I think that, that there's real value there, but it's not something that happens overnight. It's something that you have to hone and foster, which is why I call it time crafting, right? Yes. Yes. Well, and and the, the, it really is as, as much as you've just described it in detail, it really is still very simplistic in nature and has mm-hmm. many benefits because not only do you have these buckets that are weekly, but you've also got those maintaining um, buckets that you're consistently touching on stuff, you know, on a daily basis to where then you've already predetermined that that task multiple tasks really well yeah but, but at the right you know the right task at the right time the right time in the right amount yeah and, and the other thing yeah so for me and, and because i'm very big on the body clock and understanding it like for me that's when those make sense and you know it's funny i mean you know i i, I have a background in improvisational comedy right i i've you know i've i've always been a student of it but i, I performed it for a long period of time and there's friends of mine that talk about this as well and i was listening to alan alda on the chris hardwick podcast um, it was a really good episode uh, and he talks about like improv and communication and things like that. And I think that one of the things that he mentions is this idea of life is all about adapting, adjusting and revising. Right. And so I think that that's your life is improvisation in a lot of ways, but there's rules. Improv has rules. And, and if you've ever studied improv, you know that there, you know, if some, if I was to say, Hey, Eric, there's a ball of cheese rolling down the road there. And you said, no, there isn't. You've just killed the scene. Like, oh, it, yeah, no, it's, the, it's, number yes one and. Rule of, it's yes. Yes, and. exactly. And so I think that, that for me, when, when I put time crafting together, people are like, well, how do the horizontal themes work compared to the daily themes? And I'm like, they override the daily theme. So when uh, on like today during, you know, from nine to 10 AM, I'm going to be doing maintaining and maintenance work over the audio because it it because remember it's by time of day and it's actually quite interesting because you know when you get down to the m- minutes like the hours that's that's that to me is again it's 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 got a higher value point because it's during you're, you're in the moment so therefore it has a, a overriding effect over the daily theme once i get out of that then the daily theme takes over again and then i also have what are called weekly sprints which is hey i want to complete a project from sunday to saturday or if you're a monday to sunday person that's fine so that weekly sprint overrides the monthly theme. So if you're like um, Emily Wapnick's got the, you know, she's she's a multi-potentialite. She's coined that term. I think you know who Emily is too, right? She's sure. uh, she been, yeah. So um, some people that are multi-potentialites won't do monthly theming at all. They'll do 52 weekly sprints because they want to sure. hit 52 things. So that's fine because then you can just say, okay, well, what's my daily theme? Oh, it's audio. Well, what's the weekly sprint? Oh, it's this. And if And here's the thing is I do both. So if like I, I know for personally, um, you know, I get to do this a little bit later this year because the weather's been crappy, but I have a I want to do some gardening setup and that's a weekly sprint. I need to spend a week focused on that so that I can have the garden ready for planting. And I think that's happening actually next week. Uh, so that will override the tightening of, of, you know, that monthly theme. And so I think that you want to have those rules in place so that you can really effectively know where the boundaries lie and then you can know when to bend and when to break them. Cause you've probably seen shows like whose line it is. Is it anyway, where the, the, it's improv games, right? There is a lot of bending of those of improv rules during, I mean, they, they, there's this thing called gagging and pimping, which are elements of improv where, you know, um, it's, you're doing things to get the joke, which is not, I mean, you want things to kind of flow naturally. You don't want to be, there's some people who they see you the way a scene is playing out and they've got this joke that they just want to get out. That's not really, pure improv pure improv is you're reacting in the moment you're not you're not telegraphing you're not pre-scripting but 
if you're really good, you can bend the rules and then just go back into it. And it's like nothing ever happened. Nothing ever changed. So I think once you get really good at a framework uh, of any sort, you could say, OK, well, let, we can get away with this. So I can get a little I can get away with this a little bit here, which is why, again, when I was sick, I could say, you know what, I'm not going to do a hell of a lot for the next four weeks other than what I absolutely need to do. For me, that was getting by for somebody else that could be OK. I'm just going to maintain or whatever it is. Um, but the point is, is that you, you like you said, it, it, it is a framework should be simple mm-hmm. because you should be able to quickly look at it and, un, you know, you should be able to go, OK, I I get this. Now, the implementation is where the human part comes in. And if you fail the implementation and the system's solid, then we know it's user error as opposed to system error. If it's system error, then you can fix that. Like you could like and that's what I've done, which is why journaling is so helpful, because then I can look back and go, okay, I know that this Tuesday was a video day. Let me look at my journal and see what I've done the past three, four, five, seven, 12 Tuesdays and see why the videos weren't getting done. Well, and. and 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 that gets into again people like you and me where we have multiple we say yes to too many things either that we think are great, great ideas as somebody else has asked us to do or convinced us that is a good idea for us to do and having these this structure the framework I'm going to go with framework because that's what you keep saying and that's mm-hmm. and that's the right way to do it um by having this framework we then have kind of a predetermined threshold which is going to probably vary person to person. But yep. by having the framework, we then have a better understanding and awareness of what our personal threshold is to how many of those projects, we'll just call them that, um, we can have on deck before they start to all, as we plan them out and put them in their maintaining mode or the, the other different modes or themes, yep. we yep. can see how far out we're getting to the point where we're overloaded and the process of even attempting deep work starts to become difficult. Well, and, and you know, I mean, what, one of the things I loved about when I worked for Costco is Jim Senegal. Costco is a great company to work for. And I mean, I left it just because I mean, I've been there for over 10 years when I left. But Jim Senegal always said we want we're a big corporation. We need to be nimble. So, I mean, when you go into a Costco one, you know, one week, things will be in one place. And then the next week, they'll be in another place. You'll be like, where did the, where did the, you know, the bag of almonds go? Oh, we moved it over there. Why? Well, because, you know, we, that's where we were told to put it or that's where we decided to put it because you can just lift pallets and move them somewhere. Like with, with, with people have often said to me like, oh, you plan your monthly themes. When do you plan? Oh, I plan them a year out. And do they stay there? No, they, they largely, but if I don't have anything there in the first place, then the, then I'm, I'm already, I'm already, behind, I'm already behind. Right. Well, like, so it, I, and you already illustrated the fact mm-hmm. that they don't stay there because again no. the the catalyst of this conversation was the whole talking about getting sick and you illustrated that mm-hmm. one of the more recent months what was it, it was april was video april, and, you, and yeah, now may vi- is yep yep and 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 the other thing is when you think about it like even even email is a framework to a point right like you said you know you could focus on the people that you want you could do that in email like i mean most people they they look at a, a they're given something which is what drives me nuts about a lot of productivity frameworks and apps, which is why I, I don't really talk about apps public like on, on my blog as much anymore because apps change. How people use them change. People tend to rely too much on the apps. They'll throw everything into an app like Todoist or OmniFocus or whatever and go, well, there, it's in there now. Like it should work. Like I should be. But the problem is if you don't have a framework going into it, then it's not, if you don't have an intention with it, then it doesn't matter if you've got something to help you pay attention to them. I mean, you could have this app that says, hey, don't forget to do this, do this, do this. But if you've made it all by due dates and you haven't really organized that, then you're paying it. You could be paying attention to the wrong intentions. And if you have these intentions, but you don't have a date attached to them or some kind of, again, like a like a theme for each for your day or, or, or month, then again, you have no way to pay attention to them. So these intentions are kind of powerless. Email would be a great example. Like most people, when they look at email, they look at the newest, like they'll, they'll keep their, they either store things in their inbox or whatever. It doesn't matter how you do this. But the bottom line is, is when you're looking at email, most people, and it's the way the programs are generally designed, is the newest email is the one you see first. Why? Why wouldn't you see the oldest one first? When you, when you, when you're look, you want to deal with the thing that came earlier, not that came most recently in most cases, right? Like right. is the things that age. So the, uh, there are so like, if you're using Gmail or any, any third party mail app outlook, it doesn't matter. You can look at, Hey, I want to look at it from oldest to newest, or I want to look at it from who the person was that sent it 
because if it's my boss, I want that person is very email driven. I want to deal with those right away to get that out of the way. And then I'm going to move on to the next group of people, depending on what it is. You know, I want to look at it by, um, you know, there's certain filters that you can put in place. Uh, Gmail has the important filter. Like I want to look at all the important emails. Like you can, you can look at things in a segmented way and you should look at them in a segmented way. But what most people do is they look at the default uh, and they say, oh, this is the most recent email. I should look at that and deal with it first. No, that like that would never make sense. Like you would not buy uh, if you've got a you know a quarter of a carton of milk left and you say, well, we're going to run out of milk. So I'll buy another carton. You wouldn't go, oh, look, new carton of milk and leave that quarter carton of milk to rot in your fridge. But that's what we do with things like email or tasks or whatever. You you know, you want to put a framework in place where it's almost like first in, first out. But you get to decide what that means. Does that mean by date? Does that mean by person? Does that mean by priority? What does that mean? You you have more freedom to make that choice. And all all time crafting does and, and any other real. I mean, if you use any other time management framework to in a way that makes it work for you then you have that capability, but you've got to, I mean, it's, it's not just to set it and forget it. You've got to hone it. You've got to nurture it. You've got to, you've got to spend time with it because if you don't, then it's going to get away from you. And there's that quote by Lao Tzu that I, that I love, which is saying, uh, time is a man-made construct saying, I don't have time is like saying, I don't want to. Mm. And that's what happens is a lot of people say, I don't have time. Well, you do take the interesting thing is and you would agree, I know you'd agree with me, but sometimes in order to be more productive and to be more efficient, you need to slow down. You need to say, okay, hold on a second. Let me catch my breath and really assess the situation, which sounds completely counterintuitive because most people think of productivity as getting as much done as possible in the least amount of time. That's not it at all. I don't even think productivity is about efficiency and effectiveness at first blush anymore. It's about what's my intention? How am I going to pay attention to it? Then as you make that happen, then you're going to get faster at it and you're going to get more effective at it. But productivity on its face is just not about like, hey, how can I do things faster or how can I do things better? It's about how do I put something in place that allows me to do something that allows me to take what I really want, need and want to do, pay attention to it so that I can do it better and faster. That's a great place to stop. And I do love that quote, by the way. I also know that you're going to be back later this year. You've got a lot of exciting things coming. So I don't know how much of any of that you want to tee up other than just have people, you know, go to what you're doing right now in, <laughs> in the meantime, but uh, feel free to pimp yourself out. Yeah. So if you go to uh productivityist.com slash I'll put productivity.com slash Eric, uh, you can, um, you can learn a little bit more about what's going on too. I mean, we are, we're, I'm in the middle of a, it's been, a 10 years of, you know, kind of focused on being focused on productivity, either as a parodist or now as the thing I was parodying, which is a whole other story. Um, but, uh, I'm excited because November, I call November now November. So November, uh, is going to be a big month for, for us at Productivityist, and it's going to be a big month for time crafting. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm really, it's, uh, 2018, uh, has been a, uh, phenomenal year. And for me, it'll be the, you know, I start my year in September, so it'll be the, I'll be in the throes of my, of my next year when, when things really, uh, when, you know, there's going to be a lot of stuff I'm excited. And, and yeah. so yeah, go to productivities.com slash Eric, and you can learn more about that. And I'll even have a, a free goodie there for you too. Uh, I don't cool. know what that goodie is yet, but <laughs> it'll be there. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, in November, again, that's, uh, you and I are going to see each other a couple days right before that at yep. Jeff Goins tribe conference. We both were there this past year. We're both planning, um, already set to go again this year. In fact, you and I probably, what we should do is just sit down face to face and record a conversation there. Yeah. yeah by that dynamic, time, well, you know? by that time, based on the fact that video is my focus in may, I may actually have a video plan in place by then. So, uh, I'll may, maybe we'll do a video, like a video conversation. We'll get a nice little place. We'll, We'll, uh, we'll, we'll Michael Hyatt it up. We'll Michael right. Hyatt it up. <laughs> Have some nice cush cushions and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I'm looking, uh, Nashville is such a cool city too. Like I, yes. I, and the thing is, I didn't even get to go downtown last year, last time. Oh, I no, spent right, most, right? Yeah, I spent most of my time commuting from East Nashville to Franklin. So, uh, and I have Franklin's to decide. Nothing, Franklin's not bad, but I mean, you got to no, go to the city proper but, too. 
Right. So I think what I'm going to do this year is, um, you know, and I'm, I've gotten much better at this. We were talking about this before is I'm going to, you know, get a place in Franklin and then probably rent. I mean, there's very few places in the United States when I come from Canada that I need to rent a car. Like when I go to New York, no, San Francisco, no, like even San Diego, I don't even. But when I when I'm in Southern California, Atlanta or in Nashville, those places, I'm like, yeah, I need a car like there's no because it's just the way the city is designed. Um, if you're outside of the city proper, yeah, there's no transit getting you there or, and, and the lifts and Ubers become, you do the math and you're like, oh, well I could have rented a car and had it yeah. way <laughs> and my yeah. budget would have been, remember, as I said, I've got to make my dollar stretch 30% long, uh, 30% further as a Canadian. So yes. there you go. <laughs> but no, <laughs> well, I'm excited. I but, love Jeff's yeah. conference. And if you get a chance to go. Um, you should, I, you, you're gonna put a link, you should put a link I, to Jeff's I, thing I, in there. I totally show. will. I think they, they had an affiliate thing, but I, even if they didn't, I'll put the links in the show notes for this episode of all the stuff that we mentioned and talked about and, and everything. And, uh, again, I'm really looking forward to seeing you again. I mean, and we'll talk before then, but of course. I'm looking forward to recording again that other people will be able to get in on because you gave me a really big heads up on all of it, uh, prior to hitting record and, uh, you just got some amazing stuff coming down the line, so can't yeah. can't wait. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. I mean, yeah. Let's and let's make sure that the seventeenth week or the sixteenth week of the of every year now we get together because that's the best time for us to talk. Apparently, yeah. That that's our that's our sprint. That's our theme. that's our, that, that's our that's our weekly <laughs> sprint. Is, uh, Eric, this has been great. Thanks so much for having me on the show. It's always fun to talk to you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for being here. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Mike Vardy. I know that I always have fun talking with him, especially when I get to see him in person. I really hope that you have figured out or been moved more forward to creating a framework that works for you that will support you like a framework should when things start to fall apart or when you've said yes to too many things, too many projects, too many expectations on your plate to be able to either say yes to them, push them back a bit, reprioritize. I know I am not the only one who's been in this position. Neither is Mike. So if you're aware of somebody else who needs to hear this this conversation because it fits them to a T, go to the show notes at beyondthetodolist.com slash 220 and share this episode with somebody you know needs to hear it. And with that, I want to say thank you for listening, and I'll see you next episode. Hey, thanks for listening to the end. If you're looking for a show to start helping you apply these productivity lessons on your business, check out Millionaire University. It's real lessons from real entrepreneurs teaching you what you need to know to improve your business or start one if you've been putting it off. It covers all aspects of business from starting, marketing, growing, managing, and everything in between, wearing all the hats. And as an added bonus, I am conducting a number of those conversations, those interviews, so you'll fit right in. Again, that's Millionaire University. Just search for it in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast.